What does it mean to be whole in a fractured world? To be faithful to our calling when life doesn't give us a simple path? How do we discern the difficulties that we face and the barriers we push up against? There are so many narratives ready to define our struggle, our calling, our path to wholeness. But where is the still voice? Where can we find him, the one who has woven gifts and passions right into the fiber of our being? The God who calls us out of our fears and insecurities and the scripts that give us a false sense of safety into the light, into the fullness of life with him. Participation in his work of putting the world back together. How are we faithful to this God? How do we learn the lightness of his yoke and a world ready to burden us with expectations on every side? How do we stay in the tension of the various roles seeming at odds? Mother, entrepreneur, friend. Where do we find the courage to keep showing up when it feels like life is resistance and no one fully sees our contributions? I pray that this conversation with Charity Mauer can meet you right where you're at in the midst of these questions as you catch a glimpse of her process of seeking to faithfully navigate her calling in the world. I am so excited to welcome Charity Maurer to the podcast today. Charity is co-founder and chief strategy officer at Pursue Whole and has just a beautiful story of how she has followed God's call into business and has really um, become one of the people I respect and have learned from most when it comes to being courageous in uh, following our calling. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Tina. Okay, let's talk about when you first felt a strong sense of calling to business. Was it something like as a kid that you always knew you would do or did it come later? I never expected to be a businesswoman, but one thing I will say is that growing up, I would watch movies and see women dressed in pencil skirts and business suits and high heels. And I always thought that is a great look. (laughs) So when I um, first started in, in business, it was really because I loved being an artist but that was one of the first things that I claimed was business wear for sure. <laughs> when you live out the the dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it was, you followed, you followed your passion for art and that led you into your love for, for business. Yes. So let's see. I got married super young. I was 20 years old. So I was still in college and I was at community college for photojournalism. I really loved photography, wanted to create a career out of that. I was all set up to transfer to ASU, Arizona State University, for photojournalism. In my last semester, I took a photojournalism class and realized this is not for me mm-hmm. <laughs> because it was so structured and you, there wasn't, um, there is artistry in it, but you cannot direct your subject. You cannot um, mm-hmm. impose on the content that you're photographing for it to be true and accurate. So that alone, I just was like, this is not for me. I loved portraiture. 
I loved the artistic side. Really cool experience though, because it was in that class that I had a teacher pull me aside and say, you really have a gift. And probably inappropriately, he said, there's a lot of people in this class and you just know they don't have it. (laughs) But he's like, but you have something and you can really do something with, with this. So that was super cool. But in that final semester realized I'm not meant to transfer into photojournalism. Why don't I just start a business right now? So it really was the love of photography. It felt like this will be a really great gig for me, knowing that I want to have a family someday. And the words of encouragement from Andy, my husband, who is such a go-getter and was like, absolutely, you can do that. But throughout that process, as I continued on, I really started to discover, oh my gosh, I don't just love creativity. I love business. And it was reading. I mean, I would just grab books and read books on finance and business strategy. And that just became so exciting to me. And not only that, but implementing what I was reading about, translating it into my business, and then seeing the fruit of those intentional applications was just amazing to me and so satisfying and so fulfilling. And over the years, it started to become where I felt like I would be in a room of creatives or I was in the wedding industry. So I'd be in a room of wedding industry peers. And I just very quickly discovered a lot of people are in this industry because it's a great side gig or because they love to be artistic but I love business. I truly love business. And I think that is unique and distinct about me. So something in that context really started to shift where I started to understand about myself that I was very business-minded and that maybe there was more that I could do with that. Mm. Was that something that was easy for you to kind of accept about yourself? Like, was that a script growing up in your faith or your family life where this was a good path to take, like it was something that honored God or would have been some of the barriers to really owning and believing that sense of calling? Hands down, no, it was not a supportive script um, in my life. And I know you're asking me that, Tina, because you know so personally for me, which I love. So yeah, that I grew up in a very conservative Christian faith and very patriarchal. And out of nine children in my family, I'm the youngest girl, and I am the only one of my four sisters that has decided to have a career in any way. So it was very foreign for me to discover that I Felt like I had gifts that I wanted to utilize in the marketplace and outside of my home, especially once I started having kids. That tension has existed in my life from the very beginning, and I still am piecing that together today. What that means to be a Christian woman and what it means to be a woman that is gifted in business and how those those two tensions can live together. Yeah. Mm. Yes, I have had the privilege and joy of not only respecting your work from afar, but you are a dear friend. And so hearing you and seeing you wrestling through these things over many years, I think is has been a gift. And 
I think there are so many women in particular that wrestle with these things and the tension just feels too big. So it's much easier to just release it and either kind of seek something without maintaining balance of what they truly care about or simply let go of this, this, um, these gifts and this calling and these passions. So something I deeply respect about you is that you've always wrestled and held on to both. And that has not been easy. Um, but I think it has produced really, really beautiful fruit. So talk about your transition from photography into, I'm really excited to hear more about pursue whole and your role in that. Um, but yeah, let's, let's talk about the transition. How did you go from the wedding photography, high-end um, photography world where you're learning more and more about what you enjoy in building a business and also sharing that vision of business to others into what you're doing now? Yes. Okay. A few years ago, I had had a lot of success in my career and I was dreaming about what was going to be next? What was the next mountain for me to climb? I'd already accomplished so much. And I started strategizing around that, had a whole game plan, was deploying that plan. And just very quickly, things started to unravel. And there were plans that did not go according to plan. And I really took that opportunity to stop and assess. I really think it was the hand of God to call on me to reflect and pause. And I just started to feel that tension even greater of having very young kids at home, thinking about what the next thing was that I wanted to accomplish, which included a lot of travel, really making a name for myself, really amazing goals, and began to discover how at odds those specific plans were for the family that I still wanted to grow. And I remember so distinctly that I had a client from Hong Kong in town and I was photographing their engagement session. My son fell and got hurt. And I had this tension in that moment of, oh my gosh, do I have to leave my clients who are here from Hong Kong and leave tomorrow and go be with my son who is hurt and potentially has to go to the hospital? And I hated that tension in my life. And feedback from Andy, my husband was so good in that moment. And we just, we just assessed for that time and season I, that that wasn't the path I was meant to pursue anymore. I stepped away. That was one of the hardest decisions that I've ever had to make. And Tina, you know that firsthand. And I transitioned for a brief period to being a full-time stay-at-home mom and had my third child. That was incredibly hard for me, but it was so wonderful because I got to experience the other side of being a full-time mom. And for all those years, I held this tension of, am I giving my family less because I'm working part-time? Am I as much of a mom as I really should be because I'm doing this? It was required of me for those years to stay home, but I felt so clearly that I was um, free to let all of those expectations go. And I really wrestled with God in that. And I saw how in that moment I was meant to surrender, but that absolutely was not <laughs> my full-time call in my life was to stay home with my kids because 
it was incredibly um, unsatisfying for me in ways. I love my kids. They're amazing. I love being their mom. It's so amazing. But to stay home with them full time is to let go a part of me that is so crucial to the way that I feel God has made me and what he's called me to. And there was a real sense of unfulfillment for me and being full-time stay-at-home mom. And now re-entering with building this new business with my husband, Pursue Whole, that we co-founded, I feel I have a new sense of freedom and being able to step into and claim, no, this is this is an evident call in my life to be engaged in business and to build something outside of my home in addition to being invested in my home. And I'm so grateful for that time. It was so hard. And you know, for me, how hard that was. But um, something really beautiful came out of it and something really unexpected. And I'm very grateful for that gift. Mm -hmm. Do you think there was something that God did in that season to help prepare you for um, your the work that he was calling you into within Pursue Whole? I don't know about the specific work that I do within Pursue Whole, but I will say, I think it was extremely important that God provided clarity for me in that sense of call before Mm -hmm. I entered this new world, because I will tell you that working in a female dominated industry prior to working in Pursue Whole, which is very male dominated now, I would not have believed you that women face the obstacles and work that I believe that they face today, (laughs) being in a male-dominated industry. And I'm so grateful that God solidified that call in my heart through that time because I would not have the strength to participate in this industry that I do now if I hadn't found that within myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's so vital. Sometimes it, it really is actively entering into a beautiful season that God will use, but looking it straight in the face and saying, is this what I'm supposed to do? Am I supposed to give up this part of myself and laying it before God and allowing him to give it back and say, no, this, this truly is this part of you um, is, is part of you that I created with a purpose that I'm calling out in you to, to walk out in. Um, and just that, Yeah, I think that's so vital when you are coming up against um, the challenges of working in a male-dominated sphere and the challenges of being an entrepreneur with the pressures and all of the risk and all of the decisions that you make and all of the sacrifices of owning a business like that to, to, to have the confidence in that sense of calling, I think is just so vital. Okay, so before... Before you talk about kind of the day-to-day work that you do now, tell us the kind of the mission and vision of Pursue Whole um, in general. Pursue Whole is a leadership brand, and we built Pursue Whole to inspire and equip leaders to pursue a meaningful vision for their life, leadership, and relationships. My husband, Andy, used to be a therapist. We have done so much of our deep personal work over the years. It's been so transformative for us. So we care deeply about that, but we also saw this really, we also saw this real issue within leadership of poor leadership and how leaders can either bring a lot of life to the people Mm -hmm. that they lead, or they can 
take a lot and produce death and brokenness. And Andy and I each have our own stories of how leaders have impacted us personally that have been very painful. And so we really started to think about that problem and think about why does that exist? And I think it's twofold. One reason is because there's a lack of self-awareness. I think that, you know, just this weekend I was at an event and I was talking to an individual that worked in the corporate world. And he was telling me about a leader that he sat under at one time who was great to his face and then exploited him behind the scenes, would blame um, failures of the team and different things on him to save her face. And we were just talking about that. And, and I thought, you know, I don't think that most people, a leader like that goes home at night and thinks, I want to be this really mean person <laughs> and I want yeah. to exploit other people for my gain. I think what happens is that she's in a moment of pressure and her survival tactic flips on and it's to pass blame and it's to defend herself and, and do these various things because of probably really painful stories and moments in her past that, that she developed that survival tactic. And what would it be like for her to face those things head on to go on that self-discovery journey of what is, is coming up for me that I am treating people the way that I should not treat them. And what does that self-awareness then breed into her life? It provides empowerment to make different choices. So self-awareness piece. And then secondly, is that leaders are so often isolated. They're isolated at the top and they don't have safe places where they can turn to and they can go to work through their stuff. They're mm -hmm. leading so, so many people. Everyone is coming to them. Where is their safe, safe space? So we developed a coaching program that is explicitly for elite leaders to have that safe place, to grow their self-awareness, to work through struggles and challenges so that they can renew what's inside of them and go on to um, create a ripple effect of positive change in the people that they lead. Mm -hmm. So beautiful. And I'm, I'm wondering, so this business is not you know, a um, faith forward business, but how has your and Andy's faith and just a vision for God's story shaped the way that you've pressed into this vision? We named our business Pursue Whole based on the concept of shalom. The best way that I have learned to define shalom, it's the way that things were meant to be. So the way that God intended to make the world with peace and wholeness and health and joy. We feel the lack of shalom in life every single day. And I think that it's just like I was sharing that story about that leader. It's, it's the absence of that original intention that God had for our life that creates that brokenness, that creates sin. And what we want to do is help people pursue the way the world was meant to be, pursue integrating all of themselves, the wholeness of themselves, the fullness of themselves, 
which is exactly how God created us to be and, and what he intended us for. Pursue whole is really the concept of pursuing that, pursuing God's full, full intention for our life. But you're right, Tina, it's not a faith-based um, business. And that is very intentional for us too, because I care so much about God's common grace on the world as a whole. And we really feel that having these skills, having our stories and, and walking through these things ourselves, we are far more called to help cultivate soil in people's hearts, to help their hearts be soft and be a good place for good things to grow. And I think that if we do that work well, that should be an invitation down the road for God to plant some seed of the ultimate truth that he has to provide us. Mm, wow. What beautiful imagery. And I love, as you were talking, you were sharing this big vision of shalom and wholeness that stretches across the whole earth and how pursuing that wholeness for an individual leader within their own stories, within their own lives, but then has effects through the business that they lead, both the people that they lead and then also the mission of that business in the world. So talk more about that because I think you have a beautiful way of seeing business and God's purposes for it in the world. That is why I love business, Tina. That's what gets me so jazzed about business because there is so much opportunity and I'm the chief strategy officer of our business. Andy is the talent and he provides the actual service to our clients. But I get to think about how does this really important mission get deployed in the world so that it actually blesses people, it actually works within their lives and what are the things, like what are the operations in our business or what are the specifics of the media that we're going to create and how it should be formatted to actually serve these people and reach people and produce change in their life. That's my job. And I just get so jazzed because nonprofits are wonderful and thank God for them, but a business is empowered to do that in a sustainable way. And I think that's what's so that's the opportunity that exists in business. That's so exciting. And I think business gets a bad reputation because people think it's all about money and it's the love of money that's behind it. But I just see the money is the ability to produce something in the world that's sustainable. And we have, we happen to serve a client where money is abundant for them that works. And it's just the sustainable trading of your resources for something that I have that's going to produce so much good in your life. And I just think it's so exciting. <laughs> mm. Mm. It's such a good vision of surely when God imagined the world and invited people to create industry and build cities, he imagined business and he imagined the exchange of resources. And there was nothing dirty about that. There is nothing dirty about mm -hmm. profit. And I love the way that you're describing this, this good and true vision of business. So what has the shift been like as you've gone from having your own business? Um, do you call it a solo, solopreneur? What's the, yep, what's the, yep. solopreneur <laughs> to that shift to leading a team and being responsible for 
for a team and for all the different hats that you wear within Pursue Whole? I think I'll, I'll cover the loss first. I think the loss is that there is a loss of fulfillment in a way because I don't, I don't directly produce much of anything anymore. It's more so that I deploy my ideas to my team and equip them to execute on them. So at the end of the day, when I'm looking at a resource that we produced, there's a loss of fulfillment because before I was the creator and that was really, that was really wonderful. But I think on the flip side, what's so amazing is that I don't have to do everything and I get to look at distinct individuals and see their unique gifts and say, Hey, you can do this better than me. Here's, here's where we're going. And that's my responsibility to give that to you is that vision and that direction, but take your gifts, take your interpretation of it and go utilize your skills to produce something so good for our mission and for our vision. And that's really rewarding in a different way. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm curious because you have done so many different things for this business. It's incredible when I hear about the things that you've learned, the meetings you've been a part of, the things you've taken on. What has been one of the hats that you've worn as you, you've built this business that you never expected to do? I think just again, I never expected to be so involved or siloed into the business strategy side. And to be less involved in the creative side, like I have, re- I have really surrendered much of that to our our team and to outside vendors that we use. It's been remarkable to me as I've leaned more into the business strategy planning side. How many skills I feel that I have there, and I ne- I don't think I ever imagined I would carry this much responsibility on that mm-hmm. side of things. Tell me about what the role of risk in the work that you do, because I am always, I'm like nervous for you sometimes when you wrestle, wrestle through the risks that are necessary within the life of an entrepreneur. What, what is it like to embrace and move towards risk? Is that something that comes natural to you? Absolutely not natural. Definitely not. I feel that I know the meaning uh, when Paul says, "Is it, I believe it's in, it's in Philippians, correct me if I'm wrong. I've been in want and I've had plenty and I've learned to be content. I have lived that. <laughs> I, won't, I won't say that I am always content. I still am working really hard on that side, but I know what it is to be in want and I know what it is to have plenty. And I have known the goodness of God in both places in such dramatic ways. And I think that is such a gift to me. And I think is unique about entrepreneurship because you go through lows that I understand why people would never choose this route for their life because it is so freaking hard. And I've been on the side of receiving an envelope of cash in a moment when I didn't know how we were going to make it. And that still brings me to tears. The way that people cared for us during that time. And I have been now on the side of making more money than I ever, ever dreamed of. And I've been everywhere in between. 
And I can testify to the goodness of God in both places and the work that he's done in my heart in both places and the faith that it has produced in my life. And I still worry and I'm still anxious because I'm an Enneagram type six, but I'm, I don't worry and I'm not anxious the way that I used to be. And that is God's good fruit in my life. Mm, mm, So beautiful. Okay. I know you've got a dreamer spirit. So tell me what's one dream that you kind of carry that's maybe set on the back burner that if you weren't limited by time or resources one day, what's one way you hope to use your gifts to serve the world? I think that I would love to serve underprivileged individuals, markets, something to that capacity and help bring sustainable models and systems to them to grow businesses that can produce income and good in the world in a way that they are not yet capable of doing. I feel very much, even as a Caucasian woman, I feel like an underdog in so many ways because of my background, the family that I grew up in, and just the mindsets that I come from. I never imagined I would be a businesswoman. And I can testify to the the power of that perception switch when someone tells you you can, and not only tells you you can, but provides you with resources to actually make that happen. And I would love to give back someday in some capacity in that way. I would love to hear you talk more about this tension that you talked about of being in business and making this shift in kind of a different sector of business that's male dominated, just all of these realities that you've pressed up against. What has your process been like for that? It has been a challenge for me in so many ways. I feel that it's distinctly challenging for me to be a woman and to one, see predominantly in the church, a script of women stay home and are caregivers to their children. There are so many amazing supportive people within the church. So that's definitely not a blanket statement, but I have had experiences where I have felt alienated because I have such a passion for business in that context. It's challenging to exist in that and then to see out in the world the script of the feminist movement and seeing messages there that I don't align with. I think what I love so much about our friendship, Tina, is that we're, I feel that we're constantly talking about the tensions of life. And I feel that there's a script in the church that is one way and there's a script in the world that's the other. And I'm trying to find my place between the two, because I don't fit the majority script that fits within the church. And I also don't fit the script that exists in the world. And so it's a constant process for me of going to God and saying, what pieces do I take? And what do I just leave behind? Because they're not specific to me and my call. When I answer to you, God, that's a challenge alone for me. The challenge on the other side is being a woman in a male-dominated space and feeling looked over most of the time, sitting in business meetings with men and feeling like I'm 
the spouse. I'm the helper and not a legitimate co-founder to this vision and mission. It's showing up to work meetings after living a whole lifetime before I even get there, dropping my kids off at school, dealing with tantrums and sleepless nights and the battles that I have to face as a woman to get to that meeting with my male peers is a battle. And there aren't a lot of systems in life that are supportive of me as a woman, I feel, in the world of work with very young kids. And I, I honestly used to think, I think women are over-exaggerating about the struggles that they feel and face in work. And now I know all of them to be true. And that is mind-blowing to me. It is so sad to me and it is so broken. And I am on a constant journey of figuring out what it means for me to be a woman in the workplace. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think, I definitely think there are people listening that will um, just feel really heard and seen in experiencing a really similar struggle. Oh, Charity, thank you so much. Um, I, I can't say enough how much your work just blesses, encourages, challenges, inspires. And I'm so grateful that you got to share with us today on the podcast. Thank you so much, Tina. If you'd like to learn more about us or find more resources, you can visit our website, searchnetwork.com, or find us on Facebook or Instagram. If you have a question, you can also reach out by email, info at surgenetwork.com.